a conversation with Christina Fonseca. This is the Tech Space brought to you by Alex Partners, a European founder-led executive search consultancy. Hello and welcome. I'm Kira Owen, one of the partners at Alex Partners, and I'm absolutely delighted to be joined for this episode of our Women in Tech series by Portuguese entrepreneur Cristina Fonseca. Cristina started her professional career as an entrepreneur, co-founding the first cloud-native call center solution, TalkDesk, in 2011. TalkDesk then went on to become one of Portugal's first unicorns. In 2018, she co-founded Cleverly AI, an artificial intelligence automation startup uh, where she is currently CEO and she sold the business to Zendesk at the end of last year. Christina is also now an investor and board member of several companies as part of the founding team of Interco Capital Partners, the leading venture capital tech and sustainability focus firm. In 2016, she was recognised by Forbes as one of the 30 under 30, and in 2021 was appointed as a young global leader by the World Economic Forum. Uh, Christina, benvindo, welcome um, to, to, you. Our, to our Thanks, Thank you for having me. A little, a little nod there. Um, uh, and that's quite, quite an introduction um, to you and obviously all, all your achievements. Um, I suppose it goes without saying, because you are a female tech CEO, that we are obviously going to talk uh, about the funding and the funding space, because you have been on both sides of it. You've been the investee, you now the investor, and we will come on to talk about that a little bit more. But I think what was really interesting is we all know the kind of woefully low percentages that we talk about for tech female CEOs in terms of the percentage raise um, over in either institutional investment. And I think whilst that obviously shows us some things, it doesn't necessarily tell us everything about that kind of statistic. So I'd just be really keen um, to get your kind of take on that um, when we look at that kind of low percentage of where um, venture or you know, institutional investment money is, is going in terms of female leaders. For sure. Uh, and it's, it's, I would say it's a complex problem. And it's yeah. a complex problem because um, like usually we refer to those statistics in connection with uh, the funding sector for like tech companies yeah. and tech itself is already a sector where like female representation is lower. Exactly. So if, if, if I go back to my university, so I, I, I have a technical background, I think we were maybe 10 to 15%. Mm-hmm. Um, so if we, if we assume most of the founders, uh, or a part of the founding team that's going to go ahead and start tech businesses come from a technical background. Like yeah. we are already at a, at a disadvantage. Mm-hmm. If we go, if we start going back, 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 I think it all comes down to like the education and mm-hmm. uh, uh, it's a funnel problem and yeah. we can't just try to solve that problem at the later stage. Like, uh, uh, and I think investors are very aware in the investment ecosystem, like we really may make an effort to fund more uh, woman-led companies or woman-funded mm-hmm. companies. But the reality is like the, the numbers are very unbalanced. Yeah, um, of course. So the percentage of yeah. deal flow we see. <laughs> yeah. It's not just at the end saying, well, we've exactly. got a it's, few it's here, we have it, to invest. Exactly. <laughs> it's not that we favor a uh, no. uh, 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 male Oh, 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 over, over woman is that like, there's a way lower percentage. Now, mm-hmm. something that we have, um, and from our experience over, over the years in investing, 
Uh, we do basically at Indico, we do uh, from pre-seed to series A and B, yeah. um, mainly mainly in Portugal and Spain, but also a little bit abroad, depending on opportunistic opportunities. Um, and like when we started, it was more like C to series A. Yeah. Harder, way harder to mm-hmm. get uh, 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 um, woman-led companies in the pipeline. But then we opened an early stage program and... There, I think everyone is in the same position, right? Like it's it's an investment tech or it's a very early stage yeah. business. We got to like close to 50% representation just naturally. Going because earlier the in the funnel. Step, earlier, yeah. exactly. It's the first step of the funnel. So mm-hmm. if at that stage, if like the first 100, 200, 500K, you give to founders, uh, like we need to write the first 100K plus check to woman. So then like... They also progress in the pipeline. Yeah. Uh, because it's not a matter of talent. There's multiple studies that show that. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe the types of businesses you end up creating can be different. Yeah. Uh, but that, that's also tied to the background, not necessarily mm-hmm. to, uh, uh, um, like, it's it's your background. If you study... It's not a gender thing. Exactly. It's not a gender yeah. thing. Like, if you studied science or chemistry or, 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 or a thing that's not necessarily software engineering, like your ideas and your contributions to the world are going to be in those sectors, which is totally fine. But I would say it's a, it's, you need to solve the problem as early as possible. So small kids need to be exposed to... Uh, professions and careers that were not traditionally mm-hmm. uh, um, uh, that, 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 that are not traditionally tied to to to, to uh, male or female um, so schools as you progress very important to consider all the options and then yeah. having role models yeah um, which when <laughs> so when I decided I was to, what was your experience <laughs> of that <laughs> <laughs> My experience, I think, like, first, it starts in the family. I think my family was always very supportive mm-hmm. uh, of me doing whatever. Actually, like, I was brought into, like, uh, uh, practical things very early. So to mm-hmm. me, engineering was for sure the obvious path. Uh, although I didn't have any, like, role model around me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I I just had the support and the confidence to to. To, yeah. to, to follow that path, which was very important. Mm-hmm. But I think now with social media, with, with access to information um, in, in, like, in a different way than mm-hmm. I had like 15 years ago, I think we are well positioned to solve this problem. But again, it needs to be as early as possible. Yeah. So, so it's interesting to see, we, I started by asking about, of course, we know this end percentage, which is woefully low, maybe at 1% or 2%. But as you say, yes, actually, of course, that is terrible because the actual flow in the funnels there. So we go back to the stage before, which is where you're saying, actually, we get really, if we get involved early, then naturally when we get to that next stage, of course, that starts solving that that imbalance. But actually we have to go earlier again, which is obviously not, could be when in your familial setting and how, how you're brought up and everything but of course within education role models how particular careers are talked about and of course and I think it's changing a lot now but you know if people perceive tech to be a a specific route and you do engineering and software engineering and you're going to end up in a specific job rather than now of course it's maturing so much and now people are starting to see how they can translate their sort of their skill set into jobs that or things that they feel meaningful which perhaps, you know, 10 years ago wasn't there in terms of bringing it alive. Completely agree. And I think uh, to add to that, um, a little bit of a funny story. So when we co-founded TalkDesk, I think like the first 
uh, woman we hired after me was maybe like seventh employee or something. Um, so she started, and I think two weeks later, I have to travel. And she asked me, Christina, are you going to leave me alone with them? <laughs> I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> uh, so I think it was the first time I realized mm -hmm. if I was yeah. not there, she would not have joined. Yeah. Um, and I think over the years working with our portfolio companies, it's becoming very, very clear unless you start hiring like, a, a, yeah. a, 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 like with diversity in mind early on, yes. then it becomes even more challenging to solve that because uh, if you don't have a diverse group of people, it will yeah, be unlikely okay. that people identify and will be open to join your company. So yeah. you should absolutely do that as early as possible. And it's, and we'll come on to talk about early stage um, decision making and everything like that. And of course, naturally, there's so much going on in your early stage and you're kind of running on the hamster wheel and trying to make everything work. And it might seem like onerous to say, oh God, I've got to think about my culture now, this, that and the other. But as you say, if you can be mindful of that as early on as possible in, in that ecosystem that actually say you, you know, that will pay great dividends for you in creating that value in the business in terms of attracting, retaining talent and having a broad spectrum of people within that space. Um, but yes, it is another thing, thing to consider. Um, and we'll come on to talk about kind of um, things of the ecosystem at the moment, which is slightly different. And actually, obviously you having set up and scaled two, two very successful businesses. One thing that's interesting and well, talking about kind of not just role models, but kind of visibility on roles, which might be perceived as more appealing or, or, or across different different people and encourage more people to, enjoy, um, to join tech businesses or pursue careers there is that technology in invested commerce or is becoming much more mature as a whole area. And we, for instance, we were seeing this year that the percentage of actually uh, engineering roles was, was lower, but still quite male dominated. But for example, customer success is one of the highest growing um, roles within um, technology. And that tends to be more female led. So interestingly, other people saying that was customer success, if you can think about that earlier as well. But again, you are fostering broader roles within this tech ecosystem which again might broaden out it might have a byproduct which is there's more more diversity in, in the people you bring in for sure and i think even before customer success which i mean like it's it's uh, uh it's tech it's important uh, there's design there's product management so there's lots and lots yeah. of roles um that are tech related Mm. Um, and that can help companies increase their, their, their diversity. Um, so like for sure, I think I remember when we started hiring for Talkdesk and, and, and growing fast, mm. uh, the, the, the default mode is, oh, let me try to get female engineers, yeah. um, which is harder again, final yeah, problem. Final. There's <laughs> not a lot of, the, of them, uh, yeah. but for sure, like that's not a valid excuse because mm -hmm. there's a bunch of other roles yeah, um, you can you can hire in uh, that will that will contribute to that goal if that's that's a goal you're you're you have internally. And um, I kind of wanted to shift a little bit because we've touched on this because you have been on both sides of of the of the <laughs> of the coin as it were in terms of as the investee going to to raise money and and, and everything. But you now are operate as obviously as an investor uh, as well. Um, and it'd be really interesting to kind of get your thoughts about you know what now make what you would identify now and with the benefit of your your hindsight looking back as well with when 
when you started TalkDesk. In that early stage of what you can do is to be competitive. And we talked about a couple of things there, which, you know, um, might be around thinking about your hiring and your diversity and that kind of piece, because that will have um, obviously impact there. But other areas as well that you might think um, that, that business can take advantage of, of thinking about now? So the first thing is in regards to areas founders absolutely need to pay attention to, like number one is product. Not yeah. because I'm a product person. <laughs> yeah, I am very biased there. Uh, <laughs> you were engineer by the But and, and when when I look back and I attribute like the, the success of TalkFest, that was basically two things, like product and team. Yeah. So product-wise, um, like investors and, and, and making sure you have the necessary funds to develop the business and so on, of course, it's very important. But if you have a solid product and a team that's just uh, uh, making progress, that will be a side effect of yeah. it. Um, I mean, the investment will be a side effect of everything else you do. Like when you start, and especially these days where the world is like way more competitive, mm-hmm. building a company today versus when we started TalkFest, which was uh, almost 12 years ago, um, back then, if you had a good product, people would come uh, mm-hmm. and it was a little bit easier to convert them to, to be customers. These days, you need mm-hmm. to nail every single thing. You need to nail product. Oh, no one will use a, a, a product that doesn't have like top-notch UX. So like you can't fail there. Yeah. Um, like if you don't have marketing and sales, no one will pay attention to you because mm-hmm. like everyone so is already... competition. Exactly. So one, you need to nail all of those things. Um, and I think maybe a lesson from the past five years of like tech boom, uh, mm-hmm. and markets going up, uh, and a lot of money in the market, uh, some founders tried to, uh, uh buy growth with money and try to throw money at problems mm-hmm. because like it was fine. I mean, maybe I'm just going to acquire customers. Like I still haven't figured things out, but I will get there and everything will make sense one day. Yeah. I think if you start with a solid product that solves a problem for your customers, mm-hmm. uh, that's clear. It adds value. They will pay, they will give you money. Yeah. Um, and that's a much more solid foundation and sustainable um, and sustainable. Mm-hmm. So if you focus on that, and then you prioritize hiring the right people, mm-hmm. um, being fair to them. This combination is what's going to mean success in the long term. Yeah, absolutely. So as you say, it's about understanding the product, making sure you know what the problem is that you're trying to solve rather than trying to almost kind of escalate past it and just respond and hope that you're, the funding will last enough, <laughs> long enough for you to get to that point, as it were, and probably taking that time. And we'll talk a little bit more about the conditions that currently, which are probably a bit more challenging in some ways, but actually can, or could be of, beneficial, you know, sort of benefit. Actually, uh, if, if I can add to that, one yeah, of the of reasons why at Cleverly we didn't raise... Um, money from investors was that, of course, raising money, especially for me, would mean, yeah, Christina, like, go build another unicorn. That's that's easier said than done. Of course. And I think we wanted to be comfortable with the technology and the product piece before we said, okay, we are ready to, to, to scale. Mm-hmm. So, like, we prioritize that, building product, make sure we have a, a super strong foundation, uh, like, before scaling, then eventually we were acquired by Zendesk. Uh, but it was one of the reasons why we didn't ra- raise money because the, also the expectations on the investor side was, why are you not going faster? I'm, I'm looking around yeah. and I see all of these companies growing super fast. That's my expectation now. And I think yeah. that was not very, very healthy 
for the ecosystem in the past couple of years. So that's interesting. We've touched upon this a number of times and you maybe had the sort of benefit of experience a little bit to really understand the product's fit and they're solving the problem was actually where the investment needs to come at early doors and, and this pressure necessarily if you had let's sort and, and taken institutional investment to kind of race against this, this competitive space, which, which is interesting. But interestingly, we touched on this a little bit before about looking at, it's slightly more, it's more challenging, you know, as we know, market-wise to raise money and we've had this kind of, you know, lots of money in the ecosystem and then it's kind of popped a little bit but I mean you've touched on this a little bit as well but there does seem to be potentially now some real upside and some opportunity for businesses or earlier stage businesses now that maybe in a way the culture has shifted a little bit in terms of expectation but also internally in terms of what they can do. I believe challenging times bring the best opportunities. Uh, I think right now it's a very good timing for companies to build businesses, to rethink all of that, to really focus in what matters. Also on the talent side, maybe people are not uh, feeling they are missing out on, on, on something and trying to get to the next job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> which <laughs> maybe healthy as well. <laughs> maybe healthier, maybe easier to retain talent um, and to have people focused on uh, like the core of what matters. So mm-hmm. I think like even investors are more patient yeah. Um, and they will, I think, in the investment community, investors are more open to maintain the companies they already have and to support their current portfolio versus going crazy and doing like new investments. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I mean, we, we, we have done like lots of investments in, in, in the past months, but I think we are also playing, uh, uh, paying close attention to our portfolio and trying to understand yeah. like if these companies are not raising or are not being perceived as as super attractive from the market outside is it because the market is in challenging moment or is it because the companies like are are, are maybe not going where they should be and not meeting their their business goals so they're actually getting measured by the right might metrics almost in a way rather exactly than and and if noise. you have the right <laughs> <laughs> and if you're on the right track your investors will support you yeah okay and they are more open to that compared to before. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, and, and on that, that's really interesting. You sort of la- laughed a little bit there, but I think that's quite important that, that you sort of acknowledge and be interested to get your thoughts of that about um, actually retaining talent. So obviously we've talked about attracting talent and we talked about the importance of diversity, but actually attracting talent that maybe there's been probably a timely, maybe slight realisation that it's not a question you, you know, tech has to move a million miles an hour and I want to be part of this high growth and it's all just amazing the whole time and oh, there are bumps in the road and oh, actually it's not quite as maybe as easy it seems and I'm not looking over my shoulder all the time to see the green grass is greener. So that that's an interesting take that I hadn't really thought about as much as well. I believe founders should solve for the bottlenecks, right? Yeah. First, you don't have a problem, you close that gap. Then you don't have customers, you close that gap. Mm-hmm. But I think talent across the board became such a huge bottleneck. I think mm-hmm. every single company just really struggled to, to, to hire talent. Um, and also lots of people that entered the workforce in the last couple of years have never experienced a downturn. Yeah. So, <laughs> so their mean? expectations are maybe a little bit... Yeah. Uh, uh, irrealistic mm-hmm. um, and I think these these checks will I mean like it's been tough times like there's there has been lots of layoffs and I think that that's mm. no one can say that's a good thing but the side effects of that is that people can focus more on delivering value yeah uh, because if a company hires a person that 
that that person's mission becomes delivering value to the business. Um, so I think it's helping people to become more focused, mm-hmm. um, which mm-hmm. is good. Yeah, no, absolutely. And as you say, there's always there's always positive um positivity in, in I'm maybe. a very positive person so you can I know see, like, well, I can I, see that I, I can see that well no but that's uh, that's actually an area I want to talk about because I um, listened to a, a podcast you've done before and, and you very, very openly talked about pre-talk desk you you know you had two other businesses that you were looking at and they did just didn't didn't get to where obviously talk desk did um but I'm really fascinated by that because this was kind of your first foray into the professional world and you were the sort of fully fledged formed CEO and off you go and I just that 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 is you know quite um unusual um and I just would interesting if you look back now and think gosh was that me did I <laughs> you know but that it seems the fearlessness it feels like you were born ready or you came out ready <laughs> and then and then there's just a fearlessness about it in terms of you know okay well I've learned from this this one didn't work but you know and, and that resilience one I still don't feel ready so uh, <laughs> uh, but but I'm still that same person yeah, and I think the combination, uh, like there's there's several aspects of me. Um, one, I'm resilient by nature. No one does everything right. Like no one wakes up and does everything right. No. Yeah. I think if we acknowledge that on the professional level, that we need to fix our mistakes. I mean, like even yeah. the talk test journey, it was very hard. Like you had to hire people, fire people encounter like a million problems you've never seen before yeah Uh, but if you just do your best ask for help and fix the mistakes as soon as possible i mean like uh, that that was our 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 recipe yeah and i think fixing the mistakes as soon as possible is something very important yeah like as a founder you can't be entitled and you can't believe you've learned knowing everything it's about doing your best time exactly one thing at a time learning in the process and if you if you realize you've done something wrong you fix it Mm -hmm. that was the 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 same mindset that led to us like we started like uh, those businesses Uh, one targeted the portuguese market we quickly understood okay like this is not going to scale beyond portugal so like it's it's not what we are looking for here is a great learning if this is not what we were looking for, okay, let's take a step back and start, start again. Yep. And we tried to do something in an area we didn't understand. Mm-hmm. Second biggest lesson, if you had a, a, an advantage, like there's only so much uh, 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 you don't know, like also it's not going to work. Mm-hmm. But we kept learning as fast as we could in, yep. in all of these experiences. Yep. And I would say that's the key. And even today, like I'm impatient, I'm always like learning I might have a million problems. I just decide to tackle one at a time. Otherwise, uh, um, I would be I would be in bad shape. <laughs> uh, but really, that's it. Uh, um, yeah, I think that the seems, recipe that seems is still quite, the same. Seems but, easy, but, right? But it's not. It's, of course, it's not. But it seems in terms of that your makeup is that actually your it seemed the way that we are talking about it is quite methodical and calm and it, whatever it be whereas the people facing one more than one problem at a time that's too much i'm overwhelmed it seems too much too big a mountain so that's interesting you mentioned earlier on that when you were doing your engineering degree there was maybe between 10 and 15 percent female representation you're obviously a female tech ceo do you see yourself as uh, a bit of an outlier? I don't perceive myself like that, but I'm for sure an outlier. Um, 
I think uh, I think when we align a bunch of things, so like being a product founder that has a tech background, there's not a lot uh, yeah. that was able to uh, get to the level and and I mean build a company as successful as Talkdesk uh, in Europe, also very unlikely. Um, I think founders turn the investors in Europe is also like a rare thing. Um, so I mean, like if if you take like all of these angles combined, like I'm yeah. I'm 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 I'm, <laughs> I'm a little bit of an outlier. But also, if I look back now, um, I think like my degree in particular has I think like twenty to twenty five percent woman now, which is yeah. like very positive. I think engineering okay. degrees in general. Uh, statistics are um, way more uh, balanced, maybe or moving exactly balanced, balance. moving yeah. moving towards a yeah. balance, which is very positive. Um, like now, I mean, as a st- in Portugal, like lots of kids learn how to program in school. Yeah. So I mean, like I think we are moving in, in the right direction, mm. but again, like we 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 also somehow have this expectation, okay, this is such a huge problem. Everyone is aware. Let's try to fix it quickly, but it might take one or two generations yeah. to get there. Yes, so we course. need to be patient and, and keep working in that direction. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and just going back, there's one other thing I just kind of wanted to explore a little bit, which is even kind of slightly f- falls within the outlier piece, slightly to a certain degree, but obviously Portugal, Lisbon now, in Portugal, a wider sense, is really evolving itself, huge, you know, um, in terms of its tech hub and people's awareness of it from that side of things. But of course, when you set up TalkDesk, that that wasn't the case, you know, necessarily. Um, and it would just be interesting to kind of get your take on, you know, set, being setting up tech businesses at that time in terms of perception and obviously the difference now. It was, it was interesting. One, I remember. <laughs> so when we started, no one knew what an entrepreneur was. Yeah. Like, you, you, like in Portugal, people didn't know. There were no professional investors. But as a result, we went very early to the US. Yeah. So that was also very positive to us because yeah. we were looking for people that would understand what we were trying to do. We got, um, I think once you have everything in place, the next level becomes... Let me find investors that can add value because not mm. all money is the same. And yeah. I think without yeah. the, the the support of our investors and the knowledge and the network and being like in the right time, we would not be successful. So as founders are out there and trying to raise money, that's something like they should uh, be careful yeah. with. Like just try yeah. to find the best partners. Yeah. Investors can really make a difference. So. Yeah. Like, it was completely different than today. Today, like, everyone wants to be an entrepreneur. I remember (laughs) we would put press articles out so people knew who we were, so we could hire engineers. Yeah. Because no one wanted to join a super small company founded by these young kids um, doing, like, apparently good stuff. It was very hard for you to go home Mm. and tell, like, your family, hey, I'm going to go to this company that no one heard about. <laughs> oh, it's a startup. By the <laughs> way, they, they rely on investors' money uh, to to survive, and they are founded yeah. by these young kids. There's all these like parents fainting at the table. <laughs> <laughs> it was a hard pitch. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. So we tried to build some confidence, and I would say building confidence, like uh, building confidence, is one of the biggest challenges of an early stage startup with employees, um, with customers. Um, so building confidence is hard and, mm-hmm. and, and I think that was a little bit of a challenge, 
But, but as we engage with the right partners in terms of investors and so on, it became easier and easier. Very, very interesting insight. Um, and just to kind of finish off, in terms of, um, f- from your perspective, if there, I don't know if there is anything that you would advise yourself, but is there anything that you now would look back and would think, do you give advice to, to you as a 20-year-old, for example, starting out? Like, I would love to be as naive as I was when I yeah. started. Yeah. Because I would think everything was possible. I mean, like, uh, um, if, if you look, like, we, like we, we started, like, the problem we tackled was in the call center industry. One, no one wants to touch that. It's, like, super boring, old school, all of that. <laughs> I don't, like, although I think boring and B2B boring, it's cool. But I, I think we started that journey because we believed there was a better way. Yeah. And we were naive enough not to understand, like, all the problems we were going to encounter. And then mm-hmm. solving one problem, one problem at the time, uh, 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 we were able to make it. So right now, like the more you know, the yes. more blockers you yeah. put up front. <laughs> it's a double-edged sword, yeah? <laughs> uh, so sometimes I wish I was just as naive as I was when I started. Yeah. Um, and finally, Christina, if people want to get in touch with you or they want to find out more about you or in, in, indeed, you know, cleverly, AI or uh, Zendesk, what's the best way for them to, to reach out to you? So Zendesk, uh, I mean, it's a, it's a well-known company. So I'm, I'm, I'm now in charge of uh, AI machine learning at Zendesk. Uh, so if you're looking for a solution, uh, you're more than welcome to knock at our door. Uh, there's, there's a huge enough team to support you on, on, on that journey. Um, Investment-wise, I think through the Indico website, so it's indicocapital.com, it's very easy to get in touch. Um, Again, early-stage companies, pre-seed to series A and B, primarily based or that have a connection with Portugal or Spain, um, is our sweet spot. So we would love to chat. Christina, thank you so much for your your time today. We've covered a huge array of things that we could have kept going for for such a long time. I've been your host, Kira Owen. Stay subscribed for episodes from the tech space coming soon.